Well, hello, people of Defend the House, and welcome back to The Tower. This is the series where we rank the majority of new AAA releases against one another. Uh, today, we are doing a very, very late Starfield chat, and that is mostly my fault. Uh, we will get to that. And also, we'll be doing the new game, new-ish game, uh, Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 5. Also today for the Starfield Chat, we are joined by our podcast host, Benjamin. Welcome, dude. Hey, what's going on, guys? Fancy, uh, fancy to see you guys here on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Hi. Well, a lot of times we don't really clash when it comes to playing the same AAA games as Ben, but whenever they do, we try to get him on board as well. I'm not sure how it's going to go when it comes to like ranking the games with Ben, but we will figure that out when we get to it. It's fine. It's our show, we do what we want. Yeah, well the reason we are so late to Starfield uh, is because I didn't finish it. <laughs> and I did say that I was going to finish it, and I kind of misled the boys. They waited like a month for me to do it, and eventually I just was like, I don't think I want to do that. Which I, I think we sort of yeah. generally had a shift in thought since the last episode of The Tower. It wasn't uh, like, I didn't feel like I had to. I just really wanted to see it to the end. It's just yeah. like a big, you know, moment in gaming. It's a big AAA boy. And there was like a yeah. deep curiosity in me about how it wraps up. And I just like to finish games if we're going to talk about them in their, you know, whole, whatever you want to call it, encompassing review style thing. I like to be able to look at how things pan out across 60 hours uh, instead of 25 hours, which is what I think I put into it. Uh, but, you know, you two boys have finished the game. So we have two people here who have finished the game and one guy who uh, didn't want to, which kind of spoils maybe the tone of some opinions <laughs> before we've even got started. Well, I, I, I will say just because I beat it, didn't mean I wanted to. <laughs> I I think I would uh I think I would actually like to ask Joe mm. how the taper off felt and and kind of you you must have had a little bit of a zap of motivation to want to go back to Starfield and I'm just a little bit curious as to why. Yeah. I'm just a little curious as to now. why. Yeah. I think it might have been mine and Jameson's trip to Copenhagen which like drew a line mm. in the sand and stopped me from playing it. And then whenever you stop playing a game for like, I don't know, three weeks, two weeks, you kind of have oh. that one session where you got to like acclimate to the game again. And yeah. I just never wanted to do that. Um, should I just go first? Because you guys have like complete full opinions of Starfield. And sure. I have a third of the game done I in think, my yeah. brain. I, I think that uh, I think we could extrapolate outside of what you come up with too. So yeah, I think that uh, I think that's a great idea. I think I want to start because I think my first like two to three hours of Starfield were actually quite positive. And I'm, I was really surprised by my first chunk of playing Starfield because I expected this game to be a bit of a mess um, from specific angles like technology, you know, performance bugs. Um, and the game actually ran really well for me. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of bias in that statement because, you know, I do have a pretty decent rig. Um, but nowadays, I don't know, 
You can get PC ports which are so fucked up that it doesn't matter True. what you have. You can't even brute force some of these games coming out this year on PC. Um, Starfield ran well for me. I did encounter bugs, uh, obviously. But I, I do think, like, performance-wise, like, visual, even, like, some of the art design was maybe some of the best stuff I've seen Bethesda do. And I also very quickly, uh, during the opening hours, because it, it starts off, like, pretty combat-heavy, I was like, okay, this feels completely fine to me. Um, instantly, the AI was very poor. Uh, we'll probably come back <laughs> around to that. But the shooting felt like arcadey and lenient, but kind of satisfying. And there was pretty early on like a decent variety of weapons. Um, and then I was like looting a bunch of shit. Didn't know what anything was. Um, you know, again, we can come back around to all these points. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying, too long, didn't listen, is... I started off with this, you know, a really positive opinion with this game for my first, like, four to five hours. And then the game just started talking uh, a <laughs> lot. Uh-huh. The game started talking over and over and over and over again. And I don't know how to, like, say this just, like, in a way that isn't just completely blunt. Uh, but this game just wasn't interesting in its foundations of its world and its story and its characters and its writing um and i'm honestly disappointed and surprised i feel like starfield is the inverse of how most of my old bethesda games experiences went like fallout and the elder scrolls they were always a little clunky when they came out um they never ran that well and i think skyrim looked very decent for the time but apart from that they, they were yeah. never like the peak of technology um, but the games had a great sense of uh, place. They had a great sense of yeah. tone and style, and there was like edges of silliness and quirkiness. Uh, Fallout for me is my favorite. Fallout was maybe more silly than the Elder Scrolls series, but the Elder Scrolls still had like a little bit of goofiness to it. It never mm. took itself too seriously. And I guess it depends in like which direction you start Starfield. Uh, but I started with like the New Atlantis. What's that storyline where you're like a policeman at New Atlantis? That's the direction I went. Do you see Vanguard? The, the Vanguard, yeah. yeah. Um, it was just a really boring space setting. Like, space is the most like interesting yeah. place possible <laughs> if the right people are, you know, directing the story. Um, and it was just like bureaucratic red tape logistical working. And like nothing really interesting was happening. Um... There's other things I do want to bring up. I actually have one problem, which is like really prevalent and really important. But I don't want to just like dive into gameplay stuff before you guys have given like your initial overall opinions. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to just stop there and just say that the game to me just doesn't have a sense of cool. And it doesn't really have a sense of like personality or soul. The game is so fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's so soulless and lifeless and devoid of anything resembling like creativity or personality or style or yeah. cleverness or anything. It's like they it's like they spent ten years honing in and perfecting how to make the most like middle <laughs> tier of every single thing possible. They're like, we cannot make this game interesting in any way. We cannot give it any personality. Yeah. It has to be like glassy-eyed nothing the entire time. That's what that game is to me. And it took it's just, me it's just it took me a while to like figure out what was off 
about Starfield because it feels like maybe their most like objectively competent game from like gameplay and design and visuals, but you mm, can't like yeah. you can't like rank cool factor or tone or setting through like the typical video game review statistics of like graphics and all this yeah. other stuff. It's just like mm. it has a no feeling style. in your gut where you're mm. like, I yeah. am not invested in this world. I don't really know why. I'm in space. I can go to other planets. I can fly a ship. I can shoot people in the face. There's powers. But I just, I'm not gripped by any of it. And it like took 25 hours for me to realize that the game, it wasn't cool. And I think that's a, <laughs> that's a weird thing to say for a video game review, to say it's not yeah. cool. I don't know how to that's quantify fair, coolness in video games. Um, but it just wasn't like funny or quirky. It has no personality at all. There was no cool to it, man. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Like, there's no drama at all. There's no humor at all. There's no tension at all. It's just people speaking so much to you yeah. and saying nothing. And none of them have any distinguishable personality. And none of the settings uh, feel, like, coherently part of the same universe. The way something like, you know, Mass Effect can. Yeah. It's just... Uh, every part of the game is just so... It's so... I Yeah, I don't know what the right word is for it. Because Bethesda games, I've always felt this way to me in a lot of their writing. Especially Fallout, where... Well, especially Fallout 4. Where it's just like... There's just something to the way characters in their games talk. And, like, it's a combo of the words they say and the way they say it. And it's like they took that sort of weird, glassy-eyed boredom and applied it to everything in Starfield. <laughs> yeah. I'll let it's you guys very uh, weird. do your overall thoughts. I think I've mostly gone over mine. I just kind of... This game didn't end with, like, me slamming my hand down on my keyboard. It just faded away from my... It, yeah. Know, faded mm. from my existence in my brain. Yeah. I played... Um, the first, I, my, my journey was like the first 10 hours I was playing, I was like, this is unbelievably boring. Yeah. <laughs> and then I uh, shot one bullet accidentally at a uh, system defense friendly ship mm. uh, during a star fight and immediately got arrested and impounded for that, uh, which was the most jarring and jank thing ever. Uh, and then immediately got put on the Crimson Free Fleet quest line <laughs> and did that whole thing. And actually kind of enjoyed that whole quest line. Because yeah, it was, got to that. There was like the tiniest inkling of personality and intrigue. And, and you know, there was, you were playing two factions against each other. Um, and that was like eight hours long. And then I spent from the 18-hour mark to beating the game at, I don't know, the 50-hour mark. Feeling exactly the same way about the first 10 hours, which is, this is so, so boring. <laughs> <laughs> and there, it is not an RPG it's barely a story game because all of the stories are so boring. Mm -hmm. uh, the RPG systems don't exist or have any impact on anything. The worlds are all nothing. Like there was just, I spent <laughs> 40 hours just being like, there's nothing here. There's nothing in this game that's interesting at all or compelling in any way. Uh, and then I stopped playing it and have never thought about it again. <laughs> I, I liked some location design. Is what I'll say. I thought some of the locations looked like pretty some of the like, like places where you actually have to go and do so, some things. of the yeah, um, settlements, settlements. Like places for that, that actually you have to do something at. Some uh, of the art design, yeah. like on their like in the ships yeah. and stuff, is mm -hmm. solid. Yeah, 
really nice detail density in a lot of those in, yeah, in like populated yeah. areas, yeah. ships, kitchens, the food. Oh my god, the food! Some of this food looks. I thought the game looked surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, it ha- yeah. it certainly has its moments. It uh, looks good, not in motion a lot of the time. I think. It's really- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Uh, it's so interesting when we talk about like an absence of something. I think what I, I wrestle with is there's it's disjointed in a weird way where holy hell, there's a lot of gosh darn humans in this game that you every yeah. everything is human. There's humans everywhere. Oh, right, yeah. everything yeah, is human. Yeah. The settlements are human. Construction is human. Architecture is human. Like everything is human everywhere, and you're talking to humans. Mm. It's everything, and it's just like, mm-hmm. why is why are we set? It's very clear you might have wanted to tell a story about uh, not to get ahead of things, but space and time. But you just didn't really think about space other than ships and. Like, other yeah. than the, the what's on... You drew a picture of space, and we get to walk around it a little bit, but it's just like... Like, you can find a copy of King... Ar- like, they allude to King Arthur. And it's like, you're, you're referencing literature that, like, is, like, barely referenced in modern day. It's just like, I just... I don't, <laughs> We're, yeah. like, 500 years in the future. <laughs> yeah, like... It's like, referencing... It's like, referencing, like, Beowulf. Yeah, 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 Like, yeah, this yeah. is a thousand-year-old book. Why yeah. is this... Why is Charles Dickens around everywhere in these fucking lodges? Oh, it's just... There, it's... It's, uh... It's confusing. It's... It's confusing, because it's supposed to be... Uh... I, or, at least... I think the thing I my overall opinion stems from this. I was le- I was led to believe that this was the most important RPG of all time, and I'm just <laughs> and I'm just having a really oh, man. I'm just really having a hard time after sixty hours with it, uh, with with what I was told it was going to be in the first place. Um, it's a game that is so fat and bo- bogged down <laughs> in itself. Yeah, that yeah. it's just. I, I, I'm scared of open world AAA uh, spaces that want to scale big like this because I'm I'm not seeing a video game here very much at all. I'm seeing uh, it's, it's... fast travel and I'm seeing resource collection, yeah. but I'm not understanding where where do where do good number go up that I can share? Like where do where is the game here? Like I do right. damage to guys, mm. I collect a resource. I build towards an end of this game, but at the end, it's not even anything. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I think at the end of the day, I've, I've come away from Starfield, in broad strokes speaking, just confused and extremely trepidatious about the future of this particular uh, scale of game. The, the, yeah. The game, like, yeah, I, I agree in that it's, it's got so many systems in it and most of them are all from Fallout 4. Um, but they, they don't gel together into anything cohesive at all. And I, yeah, it's like, where is the game? And I, I know what you mean, because I spent the last 25 hours just walking directly at people, shooting them with an exploding shotgun, mm-hmm. um, and literally stopped investing in the skill tree because the skill tree itself oh, has man. nothing interesting in it. Um, and that applies to like every part of the game. It's like they took all of Fallout 4 systems and expanded on them and then made a thousand worlds and you're like, but why? <laughs> like there's no there's no overarching vision at all. It's just like, oh, you can craft weapons. Okay. Oh, you can build outposts, but why? You can't even oh, craft so you can get weapons. Resources. You craft mods for the weapons. Yeah. 
And it's like, there's all this junk in the world, but why? Oh, because Fallout 4 had it. But in Fallout 4, it was useful and actually used, you used the junk for something. To, you, know, you used it to build your outposts. And your outposts were more useful because it was the post-apocalypse. And that made sense in some capacity. And here's the skill tree and RPG systems and dialogue trees. and like, But none of it matters at all because like every dialogue option just says the same thing. Uh, every quest plays out the same way if you just shoot everyone. The shipbuilding doesn't matter. Uh, it's just like every single system they put in doesn't matter and doesn't feel cohesive. And it's it's just so bizarre. I have gripes with the skill tree. I understand this is all a little right. Oh, the skill tree the, the skill tree is so interesting because the weight of a skill point is, I would say, fairly significant. But... Yeah, they don't come often in, in the game. No, just once per level up. Uh, and when I wrapped the game, I it was level 30, I think. So um, Yeah, it was about yeah 35 or 40, maybe. But there are probably 60 skills, or f- like 50 or 60 yeah, skills yeah, total. Yeah. And um, they each upgrade four times. So you're talking about kind of a large scale, which is implying multiple runs of the game, yada yada. But I, I, th- I found it interesting that they not only... The weight of a point or what you could upgrade things to, like, all had different value in some way. Something as minute as, like, medicine, like improving your medicine crafting is, like, a third level down in your... T- like, it's so far... Right. It's deep down in, a, in your skill tree, which for some... Like, the, the, the misweight in the skill tree is so confusing to me. And it also... Um, I find a feature keeps in a way. Like, you can't interact with your ballistics weapon system unless you spend a point. Or you can't even use your yeah. jetpack unless you spend mm-hmm. a point. Or you can't use your yeah. ship's thruster unless you spend a point. And it's just like, why am I... You can't even sneak unless you spend a no. point. Oh, like, wow. I didn't even yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, they lock away, like, fundamental gameplay systems behind skill trees. And then once you get those, like, six or eight of, like, oh, now I can jump. Yeah. And now I can boost. Then you're just, like... None of the other skills are meaningful. Like, I don't need to upgrade my medicine because there are 7 trillion healing items in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need to upgrade my, my shotgun damage because it is it just everything just dies because the AI just stands still and don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, every single skill in the game you look at and you're like, I don't need to barter because... I don't need to, like, get a 10% discount. <laughs> I poured like, so... It, I maxed none, out that stat and never used it. It's so weird. Right. Or like, yeah. oh, I put I put uh, lots of skills into persuading people, but then you get into the persuade dialogue, and you're like, this is the most baffling alien thing in oh, the entire man. game is the human dialogue when you're persuading someone. You uh, make a good point. Just oh, I'm starting to see it your way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The system is bad. It's man. So terrible. Uh, yeah, and then it's just like none of the skills are useful. It's and, crazy, and they're not yeah. they're not like RPG skills, like you said. It's just like oh, I can shoot my pistol to do more damage. It's like, it's basically just, most of the skill tree is just, do you want to sneak or do you want to shoot? And if you want to shoot, what gun are you using most? Yeah, and that's yeah. all you pick. There's no, like, character growth or, or, or role-playing sense at all to me. But then you can also be all of it at the same time, too. So, exactly. Like, it, also, being... you don't need any of the skills to do any of it. Like, <laughs> no, like, I don't need a skill just to shoot, shoot all the, the guns. guns. Just, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I never poured... I, my combat, my entire combat tab is empty. 
I did not put a single point in, oh, into actual combat. I put most of my points into it just because all the other skills seemed useless. And sure. I figured, well, if I can make the combat go by a little faster, mm -hmm. I'll eventually beat the game quicker, I guess. Mm. Yes, yeah. I think all of my points went into inventory space for me and my ship. <laughs> oh, God. God. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one cheating I did was immediately remove the inventory stuff uh, because... That was it's, the most fun I had in the entire game was just trying to carry all my garbage and oh it was like a man. gameplay like fault from the design perspective. Right. Like it just should have been better and just trying to make that work was the most fun like objective I made in the game because it was my own objective and not like a, a map marker or a quest that I had to follow along. Just yeah. tying like a bunch of shipping containers to this dumb little ship. Oh it's my probably gosh. my only like inspired memory of Starfield. I can't even get started on the inventory, the inventory stuff, stuff is, I, I was you know, over-encumbered 30 minutes into the game. Oh, because yeah. And never, and it, never it, unencumbered <laughs> again. No, exactly. I Yeah, and it's so weird. And like I said, in Fallout 4, all the loot was worth grabbing because you used it to make weapon mods and build your bases, and then you could scrap it. And then they just... They got rid of that entire system for this game, but they left all the junk lying around, and it's impossible <laughs> you, to know. You can't destroy anything either. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's a, no way to know what's useful or not until you learn the names of the crafting materials that you yeah. want uh -huh. and what they look like. And then you have to find inventory space on your ship or an <laughs> empty cupboard in the lodge to pour all of your shit. And then you can't pull the shit out of the locker that's one foot away from the crafting bench. You have to go and pick it all back up, craft your thing, then put it all back in the locker right beside it, and you just have like, a heart attack taking this. the three steps where you're completely oh encumbered with all your minerals. Ah, see, that's where you got to make the mega ship because then you can craft in the ship inventory. Yeah, that's, that's where I just open the console and say, "Make my inventory nine 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 because mm. this is how every Bethesda game goes." Uh... Yeah, but that was the only problem I had to solve in the entire right, game. Right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the real drama it was, kind was of for Joe. Fun. Mm. Yeah, it was like the only, I think, like, micro story I was telling you guys in the Discord was my journey to carry bullshit in that Your game. Your big dumb square cargo hauling ship. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot onto the most important point for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really kind of, like, broke pretty much the entire game, um, honestly. Um, my favorite memories uh, of, of, of Skyrim and of Fallout 3 and a little bit of Fallout 4 mm -hmm. is... When you are quite fresh to the map and you pick up a quest and the quest is like 800 meters away and you look at the world map <laughs> like, oh shit, this is yeah. like a 45 minute in real life walk. Mm. And then you start to progress towards this quest marker and six hours later, it's like 3 a.m. in the morning for you and you haven't even done that quest because you've been distracted about these things, these caves, <laughs> these broken down hotels that you've naturally found while moving around the world and you're doing like a different quest and you're in a different place and you kind of make this organic storyline yourself through exploration yeah. and that doesn't exist in Starfield because you can fly everywhere. Well, and there is no open world really. Like no, but there's planets and planets are big, so they yeah. could have made areas to go from A to B to. 
And they kind of do populate the planet with these like micro activities, but from what I saw, they were worthless. I tried like three of them and they were just like caves and micro They're just micro procedurally quests. generated trash, yeah. Yeah, and maybe I'm wrong and there is substantial stuff scattered amongst those, but I mean, when I try like three of them and none of them are substantial, then I'm not going to continue to invest risking my free time into seeing if there is something out there on 75 different planets that I go to. Um, It's just like the core foundation of movement and travel in the game is just so different from Skyrim, uh, the Elder Scrolls and the Fallout series that you just don't get these natural feeling organic quest lines which appear from you choosing where to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just open the menu and travel to where you're supposed to go and a quest just happens A, B, C, D, E. I, I like getting like lost in a quest. I start a quest, I end up doing something else. I'm like, I'm, I'm in this town. I might as well do this quest for this little old granny. Mm. Send you into a cave. You fight a big spider. and yeah. You pick up a diary. It's like the, the chain reaction causality. I'm somewhere where I didn't plan to be type stuff, which I love about these open world RPGs. And that didn't happen in 25 hours. I was just systematically going down a checklist of things I had to do. I was fast traveling everywhere. And that was the biggest impactful thing, negatively impactful thing, um, about the, like the format of Starfield and the gameplay yeah. loop. It ruined the thing that I love most about Bethesda games is games. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I thought space, the format, um, the, the context of it being in space would make it cooler because space is cool. You're right. Mm-hmm. But it just like hindered their own gameplay format, which they figured out like five to ten years ago. And I don't know, it just feels like something they should have talked about around the design table and figured out a solution. Like No Man's Sky does a thing where when you right. warp somewhere, you have to refill your warp drive. Um, and I'm not saying No Man's Sky gameplay loop of resource gathering is what I want from Starfield. But they make a reason to kind of pin you to a ground, to pin mm-hmm. you to like a planet for like a, an amount of time. And why couldn't have Starfield just made some contrived gameplay reason why your ship has been grounded? Maybe it's been impounded and you're stuck on this planet for not too long, maybe five to ten hours in the RPG story. And you really get to know the place and you explore the actual ground and surface of the planet, different places. But you're just dotting around in this incoherent and dizzying manner. In a way, like Jameson said, where I just like couldn't pin anything together. There's no, no like yeah. sense of space and place, and it just wasn't really organic. Um, and that's kind of what killed the flow and the feel of the game for me. Apart from you know other factors we've already mentioned. It was it was um it was shocking to play it for the first time and realize I don't know why I just I think the way they presented it because I I mean I watched that pretty much that whole E3 show that they did 45 minutes gameplay right and i was like oh hmm. they're they're doing like the bethesda thing but with the no man's sky you know fly around space i was like oh, that, that could be interesting but to start playing and realize that space was literally just a loading screen mm-hmm. i was genuinely shocked because because like you said bethesda their entire thing the entire reason people like bethesda games is because you have one world that you wander around in exactly like what you said mm. and that's not like a new thing that's been their structure for 25 years yeah they basically uh, created it yeah pretty much and, and then they're just like no nah, it's that's not that's not how we that's not how starfield is anymore it's it's just a bunch of little towns on planet-sized planets that you just fast travel to 
And I, I remember the first thing I did when I got to New Atlantis, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to wander out of the city, you know, and see what's yeah, out me there. Too. And I couldn't leave the city on foot <laughs> because it's, it's just, that's how the game works. I mean, you actually can if you yeah. do some weird jetpacking, you can actually escape. But I didn't understand. I didn't have the jetpack skill at the time. Um, but I, there was just like no feasible way to leave the city. And so then I placed a marker to land. I think I eventually figured out how to do that and like land outside the city. And then you just get there and there's nothing. It's just, there's nothing there. It's just procedurally generated caves. Yeah. Uh, and it was that, it was genuinely shocking to me because I, I just presumed, of course, it was going to be a Bethesda game with <laughs> a coherent world, but it's not. Uh, and the, the disjointed nature of that game is so crazy in 2023. It's so wild how every single thing is behind a loading screen. Everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you walk in, you, you load from your ship, you fast travel, load to a planet, load getting out of your ship, walk up to a door, load to go into the store, walk up to another door, load to go into the bedroom, loot, and then you have to load each time to get back out. And it's just like, it's insane. <laughs> it, and it kills any sense of place and also any sense of momentum uh, and it just makes it incredibly hard to play the game for a long period of time it makes it really easy to progress which uh it it does yeah it just makes me play a menus game uh, right because <laughs> yeah, the game yeah. the game the like when i think about the, the objective structure or per se the fact that they take they've they've removed the mystical quest effect uh mm -hmm. this game this game feels very listical to me um, mm, oh yeah. yeah, and 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 just they like it, it is. We're seeing another clear example of developers wanting their players to complete the quests, but it's just, it's just <laughs> the direct lines to complete those quests are very clear. With there's yeah. just no, there's no, there is no mystique. You are you are reading a book. Um, it's just you you are going to talk to a person somewhere three screens later. You are shooting somebody three screens later. Yep. You're talking back to the person yeah. again, and it's it's, it's rapid a, fire. It's point and click. Yeah. It's point and click almost. It is. It really like, is. And there's no um, there's no uh, what's the word like mystery or or variety to how you solve the missions either. No, it's, not really. No. It's it's like playing a Call of Duty campaign. It's literally just go to the arrow and do the thing exactly like they tell you, or fuck off basically. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like one or two missions where it's like, oh, you could stealth here and enjoy the worst stealth missions in the last 15 years of video games, or you could shoot everyone. And that's the only, those are the two options. But most of the time, like in the Ryujin quest, you know, they, there are mm -hmm. these uh, missions where it's like, you have to go hack this computer. And if it was a good game, a Deus Ex game, there'd be like, you know, eight different ways to get in. Nope, you just walk right up, you yep. hack a lock in front of a security camera, have no reaction to that hack this guy's personal computer with a man outside staring at you doing it mm -hmm. nothing reacts then you walk away and you load back to the to the reunion headquarters and that's mm -hmm. it yep. and there's no there's no choice there's no role playing nope. uh and yeah like you said there's eight loading screens between doing that and then you've completed a quest and it's taken 10 minutes and you're just like oh okay i guess i'll do the next thing it's wild it's the game is crazy I kind of can't believe it. <laughs> it. It is great. That region, the region quest line is so fascinating. I find it has components that oh really God. shine, but like to that point where it's like you think you're going to be infiltrating a space like with outdoors and roof access and and catwalks and stuff like this, but no, yeah. it, 
It is it is a linear path with three sections, and and it auto saves after every section because it knows that you're doing it in a specific order because you have to do it that way. And there there are only one way through it. Yeah, there are multiple infiltration missions where it knows exactly where you need to go and how to get there, and it's like this doesn't feel this feels uh. Not feeling very bespoke, if I can be honest. Yeah, 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 for sure. I have to go on a brief rant about the Ryujin quest line being maybe the worst thing I've played in several <laughs> years. I, I it was it was the last major quest line I did in the game, so I was I was like done with the game. Sure, At sure. a certain point, you know, I just get that like that sort of sickness of I just gotta I gotta see all this game, you know, oh, yeah. even though I'm not really feeling anything. And the Ryujin quest line was just the epitome of it was just like every half-baked system was at its peak for me and that of where you you walk up to these like i'm a big wig corporate badass and you walk up to them and they're like you should do this instead mister and he's goes like hmm i don't know if i should oh actually yeah okay you make a really good point i'm in <laughs> and you do that to like 15 different people yeah uh you rise the ranks of this massive billion dollar corporation in the, the span of an afternoon it was so funny uh, you do three stealth missions that are indescribably awful <laughs> i probably reloaded one of them 80 times because it was so fucking awful yeah relatable uh and you were constantly failing the stealth mission part of it and and yeah just like the dialogue stuff and just it was so baffling of just it was so it's so stilted and so uh, inorganic mm -hmm. all it's, the way through it's very specific and particular oh in, yeah, in the most, um, in the most, like, do you like this kind of way? It's so weird. Yeah. Oh man, I can't. It's the whole game is just, the whole game feels like they built it, um, only for the people that have been playing Fallout Four for the last nine years. Because there are a lot of people that have been doing that. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like they just said, okay, we have to make a game, uh, that's gonna last ten years until we get the Elder Scrolls Six out. And we've got an audience of people that like this style. And so we're just going to build the game ex just solely for them. And everyone else, we're just going to pretend like it's a, the greatest RPG of all time. Mm -mm. And then they're going to buy it anyways because it's a Bethesda game. And they will not care about it and not like it. And that's fine because we will have sold 20 million copies anyways. I feel like the game was... I don't know. I just feel like every piece of what the game needs to work on a very like casual chill level was there. Yeah. And it just it just doesn't string together in the right way. Like we I enjoyed Cyberpunk 1.0 back in oh, 2020. Yeah. Oh yeah, 2021. Sure. Yeah. yeah, 2020. Yeah. That game was, you know, very shallow. Um but the city was cool, uh the writing was cool, and the shooting felt good. And that was kind of it. That's kind of all that game had going on. And it was buggy and it performed terribly, even on my high-end PC. But that formula is just, like, kind of nice and comfy. And it's easygoing. And I felt that at times with Starfield, where I'd be in a mission which was maybe a bit more combat-heavy, where you're going through, I don't know, some space environments, you're looting and you're shooting. And I was like, yeah, I could, I could do this for like 30 to 40 hours and yeah. whatever the story is, if it's bad, whatever. Like, I'm not that invested in this game anyway. But it somehow just like failed to deliver like gameplay in a frequency which kept my interest. It was just so much talking, man. I've always oh, said this. It's yeah. insane. <laughs> There's so the amount of talking. dialogue. I is just, a, it's staggering how much writing and voice acting there is and how little any of it has to it's say. It's just not enough 
combat and gameplay. Gameplay <laughs> being the combat. I know, like, walking around talking is gameplay, but, like, in Cyberpunk, you're shooting people a lot, all yeah. the time. Um, and in Starfield, I just wasn't. And maybe I picked, like, the wrong direction. Like, I didn't do the, the pirate stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was just... <sighs> and like Ben said earlier, I didn't really pitch in when Ben was talking about this, but they just don't use space in a very interesting way. Oh, when not you start all, the yeah. Vanguard... Um, storyline whatever you can visit this museum and it tells you about like these massive wars happening and right. londinium being <laughs> overrun and i'm like that sounds cool can i do that no and you're like no you're just in like a kind of peacetime era i guess i didn't finish the game so you guys know better than me yeah yeah it's it's very peaceful yeah. there's nothing happening it's just like you're just in a peaceful time of like a human only galactic civilization and like you're just doing like well what i was doing was just like jobs just yeah. like little jobs at the end of the game, still human only. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. just doing little jobs. Yeah, yeah. They they took the most, the the widest and most exciting setting possible, and did the least amount with it, uh, yeah. which is pretty damning. Because yeah, space is crazy. Science fiction is awesome. It should be full of wild shit, and there isn't yeah. anything. The no. only thing they do is. The same thing everything else in media is doing right now, which is, yep. oh, it's, it's a multiverse. Oh. Uh, and yeah. you're like, oh, wow, that's so exciting. That means I have to replay the game a bunch, I guess. And that's not going to no. happen. <laughs> they even nerfed the death claws in this one, for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah, the terror morphs. We had dragons, anything. we had death claws, and now we've got terror morphs, which are just like tiny little shitty spiders which can't climb a box. Their games genuinely feel like they're going backwards from Skyrim. Yeah. They do. Like, yeah. they feel like they're getting less ambitious with each game, and they're just making them bigger, uh, and then pulling back yeah. all their systems more and more. The most fun I had with this game was spending the 40 hours using mods and console commands to make one dumb video where I broke the game with it. In a <laughs> that was fun video. That's the only fun I had with that game. <laughs> ben, did, did you like how the main story, the every <laughs> single main mission, was go and get this little disc oh, God, and no. bring it back to the lodge? And you Even did I did, like... I did like eight of those. When that's it's, the entire main story, Joe. That's, that, it, oh when, yeah, God. once once you I do re- that like fifteen times, and then the game ends. <laughs> they, Holy shit! They uh, yeah we're, yeah we're obviously getting into full spoiler territory here. Uh, Joe, they even get it to the point where uh, you don't even have to take it back to your gosh darn lodge <laughs> right, anymore. You just, you just, your you just put cargo. it right in. You just put it right in your ship. It's in your ship <laughs> yeah. now. And yeah. uh, what's happening in that game? When I got the oh, yeah, I'll we'll, we'll crack that nut in one second. When I when it, sure. when it when it became clear to me that this was I need to collect twenty of these and that's like yeah. the whole thing and that dawned on me uh, like within those first probably two or three hours. Oh yeah, I kind of uh, I kind of just I don't know. I looked around and thought there's not really enough there's not really enough here in between you guys. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest. No. Like if I got to do this <laughs> if I got to do this 20 more times like to just so somebody can be like that one was really important. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, like <laughs> I don't know you guys. Like I just don't know. You like it's Yeah, a, and a few of them have, you know, more complicated things. Yeah, around getting once, them obviously once but, you hit but, nine like someone dies and then once you hit 13 yeah someone dies it's like oh cool yeah. great like that's but so cool literally the entire story is i we have to get all these relics to uh to build a gateway that opens up the multiverse and then we get to go into different alternate realities of the same boring reality yeah. and do things slightly differently and that's the whole game 
and everyone will just believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. It's great stuff. Anyway, sorry. It's uh, yeah. That game is yeah. It's it. They try to uh, morality it up at the end by having to. They have the angel and devil on your shoulders, posing moral like ethic. Do they? Quandaries. I don't remember that. Yeah, my my progress through the end. Oh involved... yeah, yeah. The two. Oh right, the yes, two yes, uh, yes, like yes. star children guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. One of whom I killed I... both of them. <laughs> that rules. I just shot them both with my exploding shotgun. <laughs> I went with the. Uh, I went with the spoilers here. I went with the hunter's path. Um, that uh, which he was just kind of like everything is fair game for everybody like like getting along is futile and i'm like i, th- I actually think he's onto something you guys let's listen yeah. to this guy a little bit more <laughs> so my, uh, my decision to just murder both of them was my like we talked about it's cathartic Discord, dude you know, it was just like finally i can do something resembling you know any sort of moral grayness yeah uh yeah yeah because like we said it's like the Tarantino quote. It's like, why all the violence? It's, it's because it's so much fun. <laughs> like, yeah. Like Joe said, I remember in Discord, GTA is fun because you're a criminal. Cyberpunk is fun because everyone's a criminal. Like, all these games are fun because you yeah. get to do bad things. And that's video game. That's why video games are fun. People want to be bad, but they don't want to be bad in real life. So they get to be bad in games. And Starfield, everything, every single thing in Starfield is like, Oh yeah, I will help you, and we will be best friends by the end of it, and everything will be nice and pleasant and oh, all right. And I don't want to do anything overly good or overly bad. <laughs> it's like the the entire game is like the ultimate fence sitting uh, RPG mm, yeah. in every way. But people really will have feelings about whether or not you did that thing right or not. <laughs> like yeah, and then they'll get mad at you either way. And you're like, neither of these choices were good or bad. They both just seemed like a coin toss. Uh, there were like two opportunities in the whole game where you get to do anything bad. And one of them is, or, you know, potentially bad. And one of them is in the Crimson Fleet. You can just turn against... The oh, Crim- yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, the Crimson Fleet quest line, you get hired by the police to infiltrate the pirates. And then the pirates are like, you should infiltrate the police. So it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. double agent. And, uh, and you keep going on the big pirate adventure to find lost treasure. And then at the end of it, it's, the pirates are like, you should, we should go and fucking kill all of the police. And you're like, yeah, let's do that. And then you <laughs> can do that. And you get back on their ship and you just murder all these characters that you've been talking to for like 10 hours. And that yeah. was the one time the game was fun. <laughs> and then you get like a quarter million dollars and the most powerful weapons in the game. <laughs> and I got them 15 hours in and I used them for the rest of the game. And I never needed to barter with anyone because I had a quarter million dollars in cash. Yeah. And it completely broke the game, but it was satisfying. The economy is pretty much always broken in that yeah. game. For me, it was yeah. anyway. Could have used that quarter mil to start. Like, I went and did that reunion grind, and then uh, they didn't really pay me well, even though I completely yeah, they, restructured yeah. their corporate umbrella. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to be around <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, and yet I still like. I could have used that pirate payout big time. Oh uh, yeah, man. Yeah. But again, the money's not really all that useful. I used it for ship stuff, and that was kind yeah, of it. Yeah, I used that to buy a good ship and then never touch the shipbuilding stuff again because it was the worst UI Ooh, of yeah, all time. Yeah, that brutal. And, yeah, I got the Mantis ship, and then I just would, everywhere I would go, oh, yeah. I would buy a general store's resources and then just put them right. away. I would just resource and then you'd hoard be fine. like crazy. Yeah. yeah, That's exactly what I did. And I eventually found a, there's like a an outpost on Venus that sold like every good crafting material, and so... Every time I had $100,000, I would just go there and buy out his inventory and sell mm. all the trash guns I'd picked up and come back 
like leave having a hundred grand again, <laughs> but also having a full crafting selection so I can make my explosive shotgun for whatever reason. <laughs> I did. I want to tie tie back to something I think Joe said. This the settlements were great. I did really like neon a lot. I liked uh, walking around neon and jumping around from shop to shop. Because there's some storylines in there yeah. where, like, there's some uh, Chamber of Commerce-style quests where, like, uh, so- some vendors are, like, frustrated with other vendors on the row. Yeah. Oh, right. And yeah. it's just like, I'm like, okay, this is cool. And, like, I don't think I explored uh, the well enough or, like, the underground section of Neon too, too mm. much enough as well. But, like, I liked a lot of what was going on there. And I wish there had have been, like, two or three more of Neons in the game scattered around where it's just, like... I'm sure Achilles City, or New Achilles City, or whatever the heck it's called, has a little bit of meat on the bones as well. Um, but I did like what they were doing with Neon. One thing, though, I walked, I was walking through Achilla, and somebody said something about somebody's sister, and the next thing I knew, I had a quest to start a brewery with someone's brother. Do you guys have anything? Yeah. <laughs> I, sound, I don't remember. Sound familiar to So anybody? many quests just trigger by you walking so by someone. So many quests! It's weird, yeah. It is weird. Like, five minutes after arriving on uh, New Atlantis, you have, like, 15 quests, and I'm like, I, yeah. I, I don't even know where these came from, or who, yeah. what, huh? And I barely did most of those. Like, not having the contact set up for those, I just was like, I, why would I do these? I don't know what this is about or where this came from. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. It but, reminds me of uh, in Mass Effect 3, they had these weird side quests because that game was made in such a short time where you would you'd walk around the Citadel and someone would be like, oh, I lost my family's ring on, on the city, the ruined city planet. And then Shepard would, if he found it on a mission, he'd just walk up and be like, here, I found your ring. Goodbye. And it, it was like such a weird... You never interact with the person that gives you the quest until you finish the quest, and that's how it, half of the side quests in Starfield feel, where you're just like, I'm, I'm just slurping up these quests, adding it to the checklist. Yeah, I collected a lot of these quests. <laughs> yeah. Quest collect. Like, I'm not going to do all of them, but I, boy, this list is big. Boy, there's so much it's to do. It's so big. Lot, there's a lot to do in this game, you guys. <laughs> there <laughs> really is. Uh, mama and Mia. Um, it's also... Uh, horrendously buggy um i don't have too much actually yeah it 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 gets there yeah it's i would say pretty much on par with all the other bethesda games uh in terms of what i saw yeah i would say stealth is just non-existent impossible doesn't that isn't real like you can try but you're it's just not gonna work for you um i didn't really run into like too many other bugs other than just like uh just some handshake issues and some like ai just stopping being engaged yeah. and coming back and stuff like that like yeah i had quests stop working i had the objective uh tracker break probably six or eight times uh i had you know i mean there were lots of little things of like the ships exploding out uh and spinning around in space which is harmless but that's sort of funny um probably i think three or four times i had a, a main quest NPC uh, become unreachable because they floated up or down through the floor or ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I did and that once. I, the only way I was able to fix some of those was by sprinting, uh, like reloading a checkpoint over and over again and trying to sprint to them and catch them as their feet were phasing through the roof so I could interact with them and trigger the dialogue. Beautiful. Uh, that happened, the, yeah, probably like I think four or five times. Um, it just went on and on. You know, the, the, and, I don't know. The NPCs, like the AI, just half the time don't do anything. 
uh, things were phasing. It was, I have, like I was saying right before we started, I have 30 minutes, uh, over 30 clips spanning a minute that all of those are bugs. Um, <laughs> uh, and it wasn't like cyberpunk broken, but it was for a game that they spent so much time on and said, it's the least buggy game we've made, which is probably true. Mm, uh, it yeah. did not feel yeah, that way at all. Um, and, and for how little is going on, in the game for how for how non-clockwork it is for how minimal the rpg systems are for how segregated everything is that makes the bugginess of it way worse for me because everything is a loaded instance and you're like why are you not Mm -hmm. checking all these things when you're loading like it's if it was a giant you know sprawling like Baldur's gate Baldur's gate's fucking buggy as hell and it's been like four months and three years of early access but it's like, ah, I get it because this game is kind of completely insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but Starfield is like like a giant Call of Duty campaign full of bugs, and you're just like, what? How, huh? <laughs> I hear you. I don't know, man. I I I'm I'm like I said at the start, I'm trepidatious around this space. I'm trepidatious about these games. I just yeah. Don't... It's a troubled genre. Yeah. Like, they're just going to keep point. trying to make them wider. And it's just like, it's, at what cost? You're, it's interesting. You're... I don't think anyone else is really making the Bethesda-style game anymore, um, which is probably for the better. Yeah. And um, replaying Cyberpunk, which was... I don't know. This, we have this... the Outer Worlds. We have Cyberpunk. You don't think, like... Six more coming out. <laughs> replaying Cyberpunk, I don't think Cyberpunk, the way I replayed it, it's not really one of these games, which we'll talk about later, but... Um, Ooh... Bethesda's, I think I'm, like, fucking finished playing Bethesda games. I felt that way pretty much after Fallout 4. But um, Skyrim's the only one of these games I enjoyed, and I enjoyed it for three weeks 12 years ago and have never touched it since. Right. Fallout 4, like, I got a little bit out of, and Starfield I got nothing out of, and now I'm just like, I think I'm good. I think I'm done. I don't like their writing or their combat or their systems at all. And I just don't really give a fuck. I don't need to play them anymore. Mm. Um, I'm definitely gonna try Elder Scrolls Six. I mean, I of mean, course, <laughs> yeah, I will. Have, I will totally as well because it's you know that's just They're how just my grounded brain is. on land. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, man, I'm just so over. I'm so over that they just feel so. It feels so old. It feels so it old. And like cyberpunk, fe- cyberpunk felt old at the time, but it was like actually good at some things, and also felt ahead of a few other areas. Like Starfield just feels like it came out in two thousand seven. You know, yeah, <laughs> like it feels yeah. older than Fallout Three. It feels older than Fallout Three and Skyrim. That's yeah, just crazy, yeah. and it's like behind not only the time but the budget and resources that were right. available for this like game and the marketing that was put behind it and sold and told. It's just, it's really. It's just I'm just astounded. I'm astounded. I'm astounded how many people uh, will go out of their way to say that this game is is crazy good. I don't know. It's I don't. Very weird. I don't think. I don't know if people. I feel like everyone turned against Starfield. Yeah, like everyone, the consensus is shifting. I think the consensus, from what I've seen at least, everyone just sort of I feel like has followed the same track as us. It's just been like, oh yeah, Starfield. Oh, I guess that happened. I think it's probably because it, it does give some people a good starting impression, like I mentioned at the very beginning. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the best-looking game. I think the shooting and looting is fun, um, but everything else, it's just like... This is a weird thing to say. The game just doesn't really work for me. No, mm, it's yeah, not, totally. I don't even know if I would say 
as a whole, it's inherently bad because there's components which I think are quite well done. It's it's a really strange one actually. It's it's not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a complete technical disaster, but it's like the the inverse of what they usually make. Where yeah. for me, I know Jameson had a really buggy experience, and maybe if I played the whole game, I would have as well. But for me, it was like mostly well put together from like a design point of view, a gameplay point of view. But it's just like there's no heart or soul yes. to this thing. I wish yeah. I had like a better way to put it. I feel like we've repeated the same five words over and over <laughs> again. But it's like it's really hard to quantify what it's missing, and it's like there's like strings which don't come together. And it's 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 kind of frustrating because I know I really can like Bethesda games as games. I can like this genre. And there's like pieces there which I like quite like, but it just doesn't come together and the impact is hugely negative uh, for me anyway and I think for maybe a lot of people, but yeah, it's a really weird package. Uh maybe it would be great from modding um, but I don't know. I think you need to have like a good initial experience to give a shit enough to go back and mod the game, and I don't have that reverence for it, so I just don't know if I would. Who knows? The Bethesda modding scene is crazy. Maybe they do some like really wacky things with it. Um, but yeah. Closing thoughts. I didn't finish the game, but it was disappointing, which is weird because I didn't really expect much from it. But uh, it kind of teased me in those first couple of hours where I'm like, oh my god, have Bethesda got their shit together? The reviews are good, the first five hours are good. And then I just stopped playing it because I was bored in a space RPG. Like, right. what? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I never stop finishing like AAA games. I always push through to the end, but I can't do it. I just don't care. It's so weird. What happened? This game is worse than The Outer Worlds. Yeah. I don't know, I stopped playing after five hours, so... The Outer Worlds has, like, at least some a sort world. of attempt at a world, even though yeah. it's not very interesting. Yeah. Starfield has no cohesion and no soul, uh, I would yeah. say. And it's just, like, none of the systems cohere into a, into something interesting or work... or t- they, they hardly even talk to each other, the systems. And then all the personality is just... There is no personality. <laughs> And yeah, it's, yeah. it's a hard-to-quantify thing, the lack of a soul uh, or a personality, but that's probably the worst part of it. It just feels like... It feels like Amazon or Apple made this. Like They right. came into the market with a shit ton of money and they just flung it at people who are good at making... kind of good at making certain parts of a video game, but they just didn't have anyone with like creative aspirations to make something like memorable. It's very odd to have something with so much going on and mm. to have none of it, all, pretty much none of it, have any sense of creativity or personal personal yeah. touch. It's very odd. Where, where I'm kind of, what I've wrestled with the most, one aspect I've wrestled with a lot with Starfield is, is obviously trying to deduce where the video game is. And what I've concluded is that I, I would consider Starfield and have considered Starfield an experience, not unlike <laughs> uh, as much as a video game at that Microsoft Flight Simulator is a video game. Like, this sure. This is uh, a collection of uh, menus and screens and environments for you to maneuver <laughs> around, um, but I just don't necessarily piece together the video game part of it all. Yeah. Not unlike yeah. a Microsoft Flight Simulator where I'm playing, a, I'm, I'm playing, an ex- I'm taking in an experience with a controller for sure and doing things and stuff. But it's, I just don't know where the video game is. And so I guess I'm yeah. where I'm, I'm, Starfield for me is definitely an experience. And that experience will vary depending on your Bethesda experience or your 
um, your video game aptitude or whatever. I don't know. But uh, I definitely think Starfield's an experience and just not quite a video game. <laughs> this game wasn't loved by its parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, there was like a an oral history of Bethesda that was, a, you know, or of Skyrim or something from like four or five years ago. And there's a quote in there where they talk about uh, Todd Howard being like a seagull who just, they call it seagulling, right? And oh, he just like yeah. comes around and shits on everything. And then and, leaves. Um, and leaves and then tells people like, we can't make it too weird. And Starfield, you can really see that in Starfield. We're like, we, we're yeah. not allowed to make it too interesting. But Fallout used to be weird. That was it why did, it was right. fun. Right. But that was 15 years ago. <laughs> And yeah. I, I don't know what's happened in the interim, but uh, it's video very games strange. are not allowed to be weird. They mm. can be, but they mm. uh, some That's a true, lot yeah. of people really don't like letting that happen anymore, and it's it's very strange. It's very strange. Yeah, sterile. It's been, sterile. Yeah, a lot of these games and Starfield feels like sort of like a Ubisoft, like a uh, an Assassin's Creed modern Assassin's Creed, and that it's been like sterilized so much for the mainstream that it's lost everything, mm. uh, and now it's like. Who is this for? I don't even know. It's mm -hmm. it's for like yeah. some number on a paper that's like the 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 perfect demographic to sell to, but that person isn't real. And so they got like I don't it's yeah. It feels like an AI made Starfield in a lot of ways. <laughs> he does, yeah. We're just like calculating perfect perfect casual vi video game. Oh wait, we made it, but it has no personality or soul. Oh well, goodbye. Um that that's how that game feels. Very yeah, weird. I'm done. I'm done as well. Yeah, I'm finished. We did it. Uh, All right. Great. Now we get to put it on the list. Mm, yeah, I'm looking at it already. I'm looking and at the I'm tower. Below mm. Star Wars. Below Star Wars. Yep. Star Wars has a soul. I didn't necessarily love Star Wars, but the characters are good. There's some art in there that's decent. Yeah. It it's trying. True. It has personality and like it is trying to do something. That's my. Also, that's where yeah. I would put it. <laughs> that's our most like. That's the most we've upset people with a ranking. So that means Star Wars gets to go above something. So maybe people will be happy that it's above Starfield. A bit. Although people also love Starfield. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I'm... Is it below Dying Light? Nah. Nah. Dying Light Two was. Is it so above Dying rough. Light? Is kind of where I'm at. But I also. Yeah, yeah. I I think. Yeah. I I would propose between Dying Light and Star Wars. So it would become the new number eleven, and Dying Light yeah. would go down. I think I, I think I like that. I think I like that too. I think I think I like, like Dying Light two more. But that's fair. Yeah. I don't. I I'm not gonna fight Dying Light two's corner too aggressively. I yeah. I'm trying to think. Like Dying Light two, it has a little bit of soul in there. I think. It, oh, it does, yeah. Still got that Eurojank messiness. It but was it was funny. such a bummer to me. I, I had no fun with Dying Light 2 pretty much at all. But I liked Dying Light 2 a bit. Yeah, and I had like a, a tiny bit of fun in Starfield, but I me too. don't even me recall too. it really. I don't know. Yeah, it's tricky. I would say I enjoyed Dying Light 2 a decent amount more than Starfield. Dying Light mm. 2 is a more interesting game. It's a more ambitious game. It's more endearing. It, it it's missed endearing. the mark. Yeah. It didn't have billions of dollars behind it. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm. 
Let's commit. Come on, let's just put Starfield at number <laughs> at, at eleven. Below Dying Light. Yeah. <laughs> at at uh, you know you want at a twelve. To. Yeah. Ooh. You know you want to. Um. Come on. It's funny. Dying Light Two does have like parkour, and that's fun. Yeah. And like, and actually, like the city design is. It's a coherent area. Dying Light 2 is disappointing, but it isn't that bad. I, you know, I finished Dying Light 2. It's just hard for me because, like, I don't care about Starfield, but I actually care about Dying Light, and Dying Light 2 was such a disappointment. It was, it was. such a bummer to me. That matters. Whereas, like, I just don't really give a fuck about Starfield at all. Like, I, I would put say it, I disappointment could, is above apathy. You could put Starfield at the bottom of this list below Callisto Protocol, and I wouldn't give a no. fuck. I, I, I was honestly feeling the same. Starfield is... <laughs> Starfield's better than Callisto Protocol, I think. Actually, I had a lot of fun with Callisto Protocol. Again, it is, but I think yeah. we said this about... I said this about, like, Diablo 4. Callisto Protocol is a more a more engaging game to me than Dying... I absolutely than... had more fun with Callisto Protocol oh, than Starfield. Oh, 100%. But it is a, it yeah. is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, Callisto Protocol is a bit insulting, though. Like, the scope of that game. and the, It was, like, full price, and it was, like, five hours. It's a bit insulting. Oh, yeah. So Callisto weird. Protocol, yeah. We should really... Uh, I don't think we're ever going to get to Redfall. Maybe one day, but, you know, who cares? I feel like I want to move... I feel like I want to move the Callisto Protocol to the graveyard and put Starfield at the very bottom of the actual tower. Ooh, the graveyard okay. doesn't use yet. The gra- graveyard is... I built the graveyard for Redfield... Red, fuck, Redfield. <laughs> 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 for Redfall. But I don't think we'll ever talk about that game, and that's fine. Maybe Ben can join. I'm the Callisto Protocol is really bad, but uh, I kind of like that idea now. Move the Callisto Protocol to the graveyard and put Starfield at the very bottom. It was all a dream, yeah. Callisto Protocol. It was. It was. That DLC, that was the reveal. Yeah. My God. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Fuck it. Let's do that. All right. So well, the it's... Xbox fans will love this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brutal. just, yeah. I played this on the Series X via Game Pass. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Todd. Starfield is like the truest embodiment of Jack of all trades, master of none, like yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah it, they did it, They did that for sure. Thanks for joining us for such a positive chat, Ben. You know, it's uh, it makes <laughs> plugging the podcast a hard sell, but I, I assure you, dear <laughs> listener, that uh, the podcast is not this dour. We talk about games that we're actually playing and enjoying. <laughs> so, uh, By choice. Yeah, if, uh, if yeah, I got lots to talk about when we do a podcast. I've been, yeah. I've been having a great time. Likewise, <laughs> not playing yeah. Starfield these last three months. Yeah, so if you uh, you know if you uh, want a little bit more gaming variety discussion from the guys, uh, then uh, please go uh, search up defend the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, maybe leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts as well. That would be fantastic. Give us a little boost. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it's been a pleasure, guys. I've been looking forward to this chat. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. honestly not as long as I thought. <laughs> I think we kept our uh, our criticism concise, despite its uh, weight <laughs> in this conversation. If we had done this, if we had done this like at in, at the first week of, uh, first week of October, oh, it would it'd have been, been a long one because it would have been, been really fresh in my brain, and I would have been. Yeah. But I just don't give a fuck about Starfield. I honestly haven't yeah. thought about it at all. That, that it's the embodiment of the uh, John Ham. I don't think about you at all. Image mm. like I. When people mention Starfield, I'm like, oh yeah, Starfield. I played 90 hours of that game. I don't yeah. think, I haven't thought about it for a second. <laughs> I can uninstall it now for sure. 
which is great. Oh, it's been off my computer for like two yeah, and months. Yeah, it's it awesome. Two, uninstalled it two days ago. Once, <laughs> <laughs> once the conversation, once the talk got on the books, that thing's going right in the bin, Kobe. Yeah, style. Yeah. yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Great. Thanks for joining. Hey, anytime. Well, all right. We have lost our good podcast friend Ben. He's gone on his way. Thank you for your opinions on Starfield, Benjamin. But it is just me and Jameson back to talk about uh, the second game of this episode of The Tower, which is Spoodamoon 2. Uh, and like you said before we start recording, this is kind of like a, like a console battle. The exclusivity yeah, battle. Unintentionally. Yeah. Starfield versus Spider-Man. And <laughs> since we've already put Starfield at the bottom of the tower except for the graveyard... Uh, it would have to be a bit of a fucking disaster for <laughs> Sony to lose this one, but no spoilers. Uh, I will start off by saying I really liked Spider-Man 2018, mm. uh, but after 2018, I was mostly satisfied with the formula of Spider-Man. Uh, I remember you played Miles Morales and I just didn't really care. Uh, I just didn't want more, really. Uh, and then I played Miles Morales six months afterwards, and I was like, yeah, uh, that was fine. It was like five to six hours. The basic format of Spider-Man is pretty casual and satisfying. Uh, but I really didn't care about Spider-Man 2 because I just didn't want to put like another 20 to 30 hours into this format. And the problem with Spider-Man is it's just kind of locked in like these boxes. It's always going to be stuck in... Well, I think it's always going to be stuck in New York. Um, it's always the same dude, so you can't really change him too much. And I do have, like, a summary uh, or, like, or a line to kind of surmise my overall feelings of Spider-Man 2. Uh, what I've written down here is, for me, Spider-Man 2 was, like, a battle. It was diminishing returns versus Insomniac's unhinged creativity. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because I still... I didn't connect with Spider-Man 2 like I did with Spider-Man 1. I mm. felt the fatigue and the repetition in the combat systems, uh, the traversal, being around New York, even though they added more boroughs, it, and even though Brooklyn's in it, I don't really recognize it. It still just feels like swinging around New York to me. Yeah. But it feels like... Every step along the way, Insomniac is fully aware of this, like, creative limitation, this little box they're stuck in. And they are doing everything they can to, like, just make it fresh and interesting and weird the further this game goes along. And I feel like I, I really respect this game maybe more than I enjoyed it. I came away from this game maybe liking and respecting Insomniac more than I ever have. because. This game goes places and does things which are so bombastic and unhinged and kind of stupid that I kind of ended this game loving it, even though I was kind of bored by sections of the gameplay, if that makes sense. I have a weird yeah. relationship with Spider-Man 2. It, it does add a lot to the combat. It adds chunk to the traversal and the movements. You know, there's two characters now, there's Miles and Peter. They are doing everything they can to make this feel like a proper sequel with extra layers of stuff, game stuff on top of it, even though they are stuck in these creative limitations. And I could just like feel and hear the like development table talks 
of like, we're fucking still stuck in New York. How do we make this feel like a brand new game? And I'm going to be honest, it didn't fully succeed in that mission for me. But I do want to say that compared to a lot of people, I am very uh, sensitive to repetition in video games. Yeah. More than most people, evidently, from like my tastes and how bored I get of franchises. And you know, I can't play multiplayer games and Destiny because I just can't be bothered to do the same thing over and over again. Uh, so if you're not affected by the repetition of Spider-Man 2, uh, I think you're probably going to adore this game. Because even though... I was a little bored of the combat flow. I was, I don't want to say I was bored of swinging around, but it just kind of felt a bit tedious to me. I still came away from this game, like kind of like awe inspired by parts of it and just really liking the journey it goes on and the things that Insomniac reach for. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all I need to say for my summary. I have a mixed relationship with the game, but overall, I kind of, I kind of loved it. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know how to think about it. Yeah, the the first game you definitely liked a lot more than I did. But then I think, um, and I that was partially a lot of that was because I, the combat I found difficult to click with, partially because of I think it was at the time Arkham the Arkham game muscle memory was still yeah. there, and then um, and then I found all the side stuff in the in the first game to be really weird and not the good way. It was like it was like disjointed and not fun in a in a in a way where this game is kind of disjointed but in a way i actually like and i think is weirdly cohesive it's a bit of a conundrum i would say but um then miles morales i was like ah i this is an improvement a because i think miles's powers are just fundamentally better across the board uh and that applies to this game as well He, he just has like better crowd control and is just more fun to play. Uh, but then also them making it six hours was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, with two, I was just kind of like, I mean, I, I'll play it and I'm sure it'll be fine and enjoyable, but I was really, I really had no anticipation for it whatsoever. Yeah, same. Because I was, yeah, I would say I was sort of just like, yeah, I've, I've, it's New York, it's Spider-Man, you know, they would have to be, they'd have to make a Spider-Verse game basically for it to be interesting. Uh, in terms of setting and characters and stuff, and they're probably not going to do that, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went in expecting to just sort of play through the main story and be like, yeah, that was fine, but I uh, I would s- pretty much echo fairly similarly and say I actually ended up really, really enjoying Spider-Man 2 a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I ended up accidentally doing everything in it, uh, which is probably not a surprise to you, but, no, you know. it's not. <laughs> It's also a really good biking game. Like forty-five minutes in that game is just like vanishes because it's it's so well it's so paced out for like two minute chunks. Yeah. Um, but like I, I, when the game started, I was you know and they they started uh, rolling out the activities. I was like, I am never doing any of these things. Never. I'm not doing them. I, maybe I'll grab a spider bot if I swing past it, but I'm just gonna do the main story. But then by like hour six, I think the to just start getting into it. I think the best and most impressive part of the game is just how uh, it's hard to it's how well paced it is in terms of nothing ever lasts for more than like 45 seconds. Mm. Uh and it's kind of an amazing feat of uh like jangling keys ADHD game design in, in like the most dis- like perfect way 
every single side activity i mean the the pictures and the spider bots literally take three seconds and then the more advanced or more in-depth side activities take maybe three minutes at most and it's so easy to just be you know swing swing oh there's a chest grab the chest swing swing oh there's a picture drop down take a picture oh swing swing there's a environmental thing where you random like where you do some weird random side activity um and every single side activity goes places i think you mentioned you you already said like they just sort of uh go for it completely in terms of trying to get every single creative idea possible out of their limited uh setting yeah and that applies to everything in the game including the side activities and including like within each tier of side each type of side activity every single one of them feels different like every single prowler den feels different every single where you're shooting bees feels different uh because they always do something unexpected within that container uh and that was a big part that kept me playing it was just like i want to see what other weird things they have come up with and they pretty much never have the same trick twice throughout the whole game, which is kind of amazing. It's kind of impressive. I have to be honest, I didn't do, like, the side stuff. Oh, no, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know, didn't really need more. I didn't want to push my fatigue and my, I don't know, my breaking point with this uh, format yeah, yeah. formula. Yeah. But I did, like, try all of them, like, once to, like, see what they were. Yeah. I would say the, that that's probably the most interesting thing about the side stuff is that even though you tried all of them once, with a few exceptions, I would say, like, the uh, Sandman battles, those are pretty much always exactly the same. But just about everything else, you, you go in expecting it to be exactly the same as the side activity that you just did. And then, and they are, but they, they do a lot within the container of the side mm-hmm. activity. And, uh... It goes some, yeah, some surprising places for sure for all of the side stuff. I did all the side quests that I could see because they're like not side activities. They're like traditional side quests. Right. Uh, and they were good. They yeah. also have like unique cinematic gameplay moments, uh, very like small contained stories with just ordinary citizens. Some of them were like, cute and heartfelt. And yeah, they all felt really unique and worthwhile, like with cool writing and little unique gameplay sections. It was cool. They were all good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where to where to go. I do have some, uh, some like things to talk about when it comes to combat in this game. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a lot to say about combat aside from like I I didn't find it annoying the way I found the first game to be annoying, and I think that's most of it comes down to uh, Peter also getting crowd control abilities. Yeah, um, and that helps a lot, and then everything else was everything else just felt exactly the same, which. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're starting to stretch it thin, I would say, for me. Uh, it's completely yeah. fine. An enjoyable combat system, but it's not yeah. the highlight. I still enjoy it. I just feel... Yeah. I feel like there's this weird Sony formula with all melee combat that has started to right. develop. Where I felt like... I felt, I felt like we talked about this uh, with our Final Fantasy... Six, yeah, Final Fantasy 16. 16 talk, God, God of War, Ragnarok, Ragnarok yeah. where the, all the combat systems which Sony make feel like you press square, then you press circle to dodge, and then you deploy abilities, and then you wait for yeah. your abilities to recharge. And I don't remember the first game feeling so ability heavy, 
maybe because yeah. it's a sequel and they're upping the amount of people that are attacking you so you like you said you need a bunch of crowd control abilities but again i just felt like i was like doing a couple of basic melee attacks which weren't abilities i like punching people up in the air and then kicking them out of the air because mm-hmm. i think i had some buffs which upped i don't know air damage whatever but yeah i feel like 70 percent of combat is just like using these abilities and they look really cool the animation in this game is top tier um but i don't know it just it just feels very similar to a lot of games i played recently in sony's library and it's getting a little suspicious like they're sharing notes yeah it it really does feel like almost all these games are just managing your cooldowns and they're not there really is no management it's really just cycling through your cooldowns Mm -hmm. because if you just pace them out if you do you know your triangle, L1 triangle, or whatever the controls are. You do that one, watch the animation, punch a guy twice, do your second one, your third one, and your fourth one, and by the time you're done your fourth one, the first one's recharged, and you just do that over and over yeah. again. Uh, the game was insanely easy. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is fine, but it, it, it much like God of War, much like uh, Final Fantasy, you just sort of, your brain just isn't doing much, mm-hmm. and it makes the combat not very engaging. It looks awesome, it feels good, it's satisfying, it's fun. But it's not, your brain is not really doing much, which I'm sure is the point as well. And that's, you know, there's a reason these games sell well and are uh, so popular with the mainstream is because they're accessible and they're easy to play. But yeah. it definitely starts to fatigue, especially because this, this was the third one of those from Sony, or at least on a PS5, that in the last 12 months where all you do is manage your cooldown or cycle through your cooldowns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's probably not fair to, you know, lump Final Fantasy into that, but it is, it's a PlayStation exclusive. It's not Sony. Yeah, but for it's... now at least. Yeah. I mean, I played it on the PS5, so I, I sort of lump it into the same boat. For yeah. Sure. Maybe it's not a yeah. Sony conspiracy. It's more like a AAA melee conspiracy. I, think, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is one thing they try to add in, and I don't know why, but my brain just could not do it. I'll get used to it, and that was the new parry system. I oh yeah, I like parrying in games. Yeah, yeah. I like I like Sekiro. I I think it's satisfying to time things correctly. Um, but there's something about the way it was displayed, and again, it's been a little while since I played Spider-Man Two because we're really slow to get these chats out. But I seem to remember like there's like a yellow icon that appears. I think on the enemy and not on your Spider-Man. Right. So I would always dodge by instinct because now we're like, I don't know, probably 40 hours into this franchise overall. Yeah. By the time parry actually matters in like some, some like uh, boss fights near the end of the game. And I don't know what it was about the parry system, but my brain just like could not lock into it. And... Yeah, I don't really know what else to say except for whatever they did, however it's designed, however it's like um, communicated to the player that you have to parry. My brain would just dodge every time. And some of them you have to parry. They're like undodgeable attacks. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I don't know how to quantify it. I don't know what was wrong with my brain. It kind of reminds me of when you talked about Spider-Man all the way back in 2018 and saying that the combat just didn't click with you and you were getting your ass kicked because of muscle memory. That is how I felt about the parry system. And I, I, I can't really explain it, but it just didn't work for my mind. Just um, one of those nebulous game feel yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I noticed think, it as well. I think from memory, the parry icon is on the enemy and not on Spider-Man. And I'm always looking so. at Spider-Man. I'm not really looking at right. the enemies because there's so much shit going on at all times that you just have to keep an eye on the icon above your head to, yeah. to be constantly dodging and then punching and dodging and dodging and dodging. 
Maybe that was it, um, but I don't know. Long story short, I just couldn't get the parry system down. Felt like they were trying to add some from software e skill curve stuff, and I just, for whatever reason, couldn't get it down, even though I find it completely fine in from software and other melee games. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I'm notoriously anti-parrying. I just never fucking do it. <laughs> um, I've never been good at the timing for whatever reason. I'm always too early. Uh, and it was it was still weird in this because I I ended up um, there's a good accessibility setting because of course it's a Sony game uh, where you can it was extended parry windows so I turned that on and I would still find the the same thing that you described pretty much of just like I hit it way too early I think it like the yellow says they're about to do a parryable attack mm. and then when it goes red is when you're supposed oh. to hit it <laughs> right. um, but again it's it you know we're both saying basically the same thing of just like the parry system. A, didn't add much, and B, yeah, we, our brains didn't get it, because I'm with you as well. And also, the parry system doesn't matter, because the cooldowns, just you just destroy everything, except for, like, a couple of little boss instances where you have to parry something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was frustrating, because I, I think parrying is frustrating, but I, you know... So, so be it. It didn't... Uh, they didn't build the whole game around it, which I'm no. glad... <laughs> Didn't matter too much. Like, the game's pretty easy. You can kind of take a beating anyway. Yeah, yeah. One thing I I uh, kind of wish that they had expanded a bit more on was the traversal stuff. I don't really know how mm. they could have expanded on it. I mean, they did add those two little, like, uh, abilities where you can, like, dash and fly faster briefly. They're on the skill tree, but I only unlocked those in the last, like, hour of the game because I didn't think they were necessary, and they weren't. Um, but you really do just pull the right trigger and occasionally dive or hit B and it's, it's, there's really nothing to the traversal anymore. It felt like the first game, at least you sort of ramped up into the abilities, which made sense. Uh, and now you just have like all the traversal abilities when the game starts, which also makes sense, but it does just result in you doing your brain just sort of shuts off. I, I like the wingsuit. Yeah, me And too. I like the wind tunnels, but again, they're not a huge change. They just sort of... I mean, when you're in the wingsuit, you just hit triangle, and then you just... You can basically take your hands off the controller. Yeah. Uh, and you zip around. And... I think the wingsuit is more like intelligent game design to figure out how Spider-Man works in, like, Brooklyn and places which aren't just skyscrapers and how to get across, yeah. like, a bridge and water and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is and take advantage of some of the, you know, PS5 loading tech so they can stream everything in, which makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah it's good. It's a good addition. Uh, but it, it that whole chunk of the game, which is a large portion of the game, is just sort of uh, brain dead at this point, which... I, I And yeah, I don't really have a solution. I don't know what you're supposed to do about that. Uh, I know there are, like, options in the game to, to make it way more difficult to traverse, but yeah. I don't... Interesting. I don't really want that either, but I'm not sure what I want. I'm it's not just, good at like looking still, at options. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's still it. pleasant to swing around, but it's just yeah. sort of, you know, you're just sort of doing it. There's not much yeah. thought anymore, which is fine. It feels like it isn't integrated into a lot of the mission structure. No, it's pretty much just like you fly to the mission and then you're in the mission, like linear mission space, and then you're out of it and then you're flying to the next spot. Yeah. Yeah. The missions are very combat heavy, and I noticed that because I was avoiding the side stuff. Uh, when you're not doing the side stuff, you're mostly just punching people for the whole game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm not going to, you know, complain. It was my choice how I played the game. I just kind of wanted to 
get through it. But yeah, it'd be cool if uh, the movement was more involved in, I don't know, certain gameplay sections. Yeah, yeah. Because even like the big set pieces where you are sort of swinging through or escaping something, those are basically just quick time events. So there's not really any anything you have to worry about there. Yeah, I, I don't know what they do about it. It still feels good, so eh. yeah, yeah, it's, it's not it's, not the end of the world. Yeah, it's easy going. Yeah, I think the, the only the, um, thing I okay, mm-hmm. you go. I was just gonna say, like regarding the story missions, they they have a like the rest of the game, they have a, an enjoyable variety in oh, yeah. all those story missions. Yeah, they do a little, very tiny little thing, like one mission where the portal stuff basically from uh, Ratchet and Clank shows up. Yeah, and you and I really wanted them to do more with Me that. Me too, maybe they, man. Maybe they will because that little sequence is probably the most impressive. Uh, thing in the game yeah and the one instance when you're in the arctic for like five seconds was like holy shit this is so interesting yeah. we're not in new york and that's it yeah for the whole game and that's it i know i know it's a bummer but they and they like i didn't notice it until after uh, until i was watching a digital foundry video but like there's no you know ratchet and clank has the little rift the realm between realms transition when you're doing those mm. uh and spider-man just it, the portal opens and you just swing right through it instantaneously so they've obviously part. Yeah, they've obviously improved that tech quite a bit. So yeah, I would have loved to have seen more of it because it is—it really is just like a forty-five-second chunk, and that's it for the whole game. But I feel like that is just indicative of their entire design process for this game of just like forty-five seconds. Use that idea. All right, throw that idea in the garbage. Next idea, forty-five seconds. Use it. Throw yeah. it away. You know, and it's—it's it's admirable and it's it, entertaining because you never pretty much never see the same trick twice and yeah that's sure. quite impressive for you know a 20 or 30 hour game it's got a bit of like nintendo slash it takes two magic in there at times i agree yeah yeah and i love that stuff like the part where you just change character not a spider-man you're playing as basically the villain i don't know if that's a spoiler i mean this game's been out for a while um yeah that yeah, bit yeah. was just <laughs> so amazing i was like what the fuck you just play as the other guy and it's violent and horrifying and the animation's incredible and it has like a moveset and then that's it you just don't play yeah, as a character like, ever again it's like a 20 minute chunk of the game at most yeah yeah even though the I one mean, there were some leaks and hmm. something was listed on those leaks so maybe that yeah, is coming i back. mean I, it wouldn't surprise me i mean i could, probably could have told you that anyways uh that would have been my guess that they would have more of that i i um Speaking of character switching, I was disappointed that they still had the stupid MJ stealth sections, and they they certainly mm. limit. There was only three, I think, and they certainly expanded what's there. She has, you know, a gun that tases people yeah. and does other things, but man, they're just so not interesting. And I like, I'm so bored of the stealth, you know, half hunched over, cr- yeah, yeah. crouch, speed walking around, uh, and trying, to, and it's very easy. But it's just fucking boring, and I don't want... Yeah. I, like, I'm not here for that. If I want that, I'll go play The Last of Us, and I don't want to play The Last of Us. Uh, like, let me just be a dumb spider guy. Those sections felt a little bit prideful to me, where whoever made, like, the MJ sections yeah. from the 2018 game wanted redemption, where everyone were like, these are shit, and the guy was like, I'll make them better. And he did. Whoever made them, he, yes. he or she, they are better. It's a much better they designed are. stealth section. Um, but you're going from like high octane superhero action to, you know, a girl skulking around with a taser and it's just, it's like a yeah. whiplash of momentum. And I don't know, they were trying to do like a little thing where there's a, you're switching between like basically 
four characters if you kind of encompass the whole cast. Yeah. Uh, pacing, maybe. Pacing mechanic. Uh, but I don't know. Some of them were too long. Like the one where you're in New York Zoo. Like that's not actually oh, like God, that short yeah. of a section. It's like 20, no, 30 it's minutes like, as MJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lengthy portion. And yeah, yeah, it just sort of is a momentum killer, I, I would say. Like they're just sort of... I remember when the first one popped up, I was like, oh, God, you've got to be kidding me. They still have this. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're better, which but is... still, I think just leave it on the cutting room floor, I think. Yeah, like, I don't need it again in the third game. Uh, like, I, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, play as MJ, do, do different things, but just don't make them stealth sections. Like, make them... You know, like detective, you know, because she's an investigative reporter. Make them like Batman detective scenes or something. Uh, that could be more compelling, maybe. But just stealth stuff is just, yeah. I'm just not into it. They had like Especially one. Especially in a superhero game. They had that one really like low key mission where you're in like a theme park with your friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I like that. Like, for that's pacing, fine. like, that stuff's like fine. Yeah, because again, the game kind of allowed you to rush through that if you wanted, or you didn't have to do like all the fairground games. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like for pacing, I, I think I'm just with you. Like slow, crouch, stealth, like automatic fail sections. I mean, it wasn't quite auto fail, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. No, it's that not format. Quite, but I'm just so over it. <laughs> I was over it like five years ago, and they just keep doing it in almost all the all the Sony games have sections where there is something like that, and yeah. I'm fine. Delete them. Keep it. Let The Last of Us do that and let me have fun as Spider Man. Or just keep MJ as like the Venom version of MJ because that mission was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really That's silly. when the story gets, starts to get really good and just absolutely unhinged with like, yes. no rules whatsoever. I was going to say, like, I'm sure we're going to transition to story stuff here. Um, the first game. There was a lot of really surprisingly compelling stuff in the in the writing in the first game and the second game. I think, uh, like I remember, you know, we talked about the first game, th like the main villain and Spider Man are just fucking weeping at the end of that first game. You're like, wow, th this is like much more compelling and and serious than I expected. Yeah. Um, and this game, like you just said, the story stuff definitely gets there. But, like, the first two-thirds of this game, I was so not interested in the story at all. It mm -hmm. was just, like, we're hunting around for Lizard Man and his Venom, or his uh, his anti... his cure, or whatever there, and I was just like, I... nothing was sticking in my brain at all until, basically, Venom stuff really popped off in the last, like, five hours. Yeah. It, this um this game reminds me a little bit of um Spider-Man Three the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Because people hated on that movie because there is like too many cooks in the kitchen in Spider-Man Three. Oh yeah, it's a mess. And it's schlocky and kind of embarrassing. And I I kind of felt the same towards Spider-Man Two the video game story in the second half. But it just it's really fun and stupid in a way which just made yes. me laugh multiple times. Like, when New York becomes, like, a giant venomized spider web at the end, it was just kind of <laughs> hilarious and amazing. I, yeah. I just... Yeah, I, I really respect and love this game, um, even though... This, it kind of reminds me about how I feel uh, towards Tears of the Kingdom, where I was like, I don't like a lot of sections of Tears of the Kingdom, but I just respect the hell out of the design of that game. Right. I, I feel very similar towards Spider-Man 2, but design is a part of it. There's some, like, clever gameplay stuff in there. But it's oh, yeah. more just like the the when it when it comes to like Sony sequels, when it comes to like Horizon and God of War, 
we've kind of come away from those two games being like, eh, I kind of prefer the original. And I feel like Insomniac was seeing like a weird formula with Sony sequels and just wanted to fucking go for it. And yeah. after Spider-Man 2, I'm more excited about like Wolverine and... I, I, and maybe... Spider-Man 3, honestly. Like, I'm yeah. curious where they go with it. Yeah. But I just want to see them do a game or, or like be unleashed in a world where they don't have such boundaries. Yeah. Because, like I've said, like, I don't want to repeat myself, but they're super restricted with Spider-Man. Like, that's like the whole theme of the, the Spider-Verse movie. Like, everything, you're stuck in these, like, lanes. Um, and they were, like, fighting against that with everything they had. Uh, and they did their best. And I really just, like, respect the shit they pull in the story in this game and the missions. Totally. Yeah, like, I think, you know, I like a lot of things about Horizon, of course, uh, Forbidden West, of course, and I like stuff in god of war ragnarok mm -hmm. but i do agree that like spider-man 2 is definitely the of those sort of ps4 sequels that are now ps5 games spider-man is still very much in the mold of the first game but they really they really do just wing it and just yeah. in a way that i wish this the other like horizon and god of war had as well yeah they they just and it doesn't always work but that's fine because at least they went for it you know exactly exactly yeah yeah so like i i I was checked out for a huge majority of the story. Uh, and I also think I found a lot of the writing in the game to be, uh, I think cloying is the right word, where it's just like, fucking everyone is so nice and I so know. good I'm and so, so it, friendly. And it's like, oh, community service and oh, this and that. I'm like, shut up. You're so good. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're all likable, but it just... It felt weird how just ridiculously nice everyone in the game is. Uh, and so when Venom showed up and was like fucking ripping heads off for the last five hours, I was like, yay, yeah. weird evil shit again. It's kind Finally. of shocking, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I like, was. He just fucking kills people, man. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, the, the last five hours were a blast, honestly. And they, and, and I also think they deliver on the, on some of the drama well in the way that, Miles Morales did in, in, in a way that the end of the first game also did. Like, they, they get some drama in there between the characters, and it's good. It's solid. But it's also surrounded by more fun and also more dark and sinister things. Whereas the prior two-thirds are just sunshine and rainbows, and every single person in New York City is the nicest person ever. And New York City is, like, the cleanest, safest, most beautiful, and happiest place on Earth. And you're like, this is so fucking stupid <laughs> uh i do I was, find it was like sickeningly nice at times yeah. i do i do find like the main trio of characters um like nauseatingly wholesome yes and it was probably from years and years of marvel exposure through their movies and i'm just kind of like sick and tired of that tone and i for me they didn't like when they tried to uh, villainize pete when he becomes venom it just it just doesn't really work um no it not for that peter i don't know if it's like i don't want to blame the voice actor but like it just doesn't stick the landing of like convincing me that he's evil it just feels a little silly um and you know it doesn't turn out to be like a huge component of the overarching story so it's not like a massive deal uh but yeah, yeah I, again it's just like a tonal box that they're stuck in spider-man yeah. is mega wholesome what can you do you can't make him evil without there being some alien from space in his brain um again i don't know what they do about that but i still think that they can you can balance spider-man's niceness with other stuff 
like the the Spider-Verse movies, I think, do a really good job of being like, oh, he's a human being still. He's flawed. The other people in his life are flawed. There's like a lot of weird shit in the world. But this game is just like the number of people you encounter who are so nice is just like fuck off at yeah. a certain point. I'm looking forward to Wolverine because I just, I just yes. want someone who's mean. Someone be mean in an insomnia yeah, game. Yeah, that game supposedly being or apparently M-rated, I think they've even confirmed that is like, that's exciting because yeah. they they go for it. Like, there's a few parts at the with the Venom section where you're like, oh, yeah. they're sneaking some they're sneaking in just under the teen rating there, I think. It's like um, bone-crunchingly so, disgusting at times. Yeah, it's surprising to come away from essentially the third Spider-Man game in five years mm. and be like, oh, I'm actually more interested in their other Marvel project. Yeah. Let's pretend. Marvel. Uh, one Singular. Uh, Wolverine um, than I was beforehand, you know? And the fact that that game's not going to be set in New York and it's going to be M-rated is like, it sounds like the craziest thing in the world after Spider-Man 2, basically. Yeah. And they did a lot with the, with the very limited scope of Spider-Man 2. Yeah. So God, I'm excited just, to see where they go. They're just good, man. Insomniac was so good. God, it was annoying. Yeah, I, th- I think that's my biggest summary point Me too. as well. For, is just like, and I think this game... I was thinking about it after we talked about Starfield, that Starfield and Spider-Man are actually like a great t- duo for this discussion mm. because both games are, are appealing and targeting mainstream casual accessibility. Right. And Starfield goes so far in, the ro- in that direction that it, it is devoid of all personality and all experimentation. It's like they were forced with a gun to remove anything <laughs> that could be interesting because they were afraid it would main, mean more people wouldn't play it. And then Spider-Man is like, no, no, we're going to make the most casual and mainstream game possible, but we're going to also have a ton of fun inside those constraints. And yeah, and it's just, it's amazing how much Spider-Man nails being mainstream and enjoyable while also being exciting and, you know, fun for us old miserable idiots. Yeah, um, 100%. And, and it's like, it feels like a, a perfection, like a perfect distillation of, more than anything, the timing is what impresses me most in Spider-Man. Like I talked about with the side stuff. It's just, it's so perfect at in keeping your brain engaged because every three minutes, new stuff is happening. Uh, and I, I don't remember the last time I played a game that was so perfectly crafted to be like mainstream and fun and enjoyable, which yeah. is impressive. Yeah. I don't really have any other notes. Me neither. I just think it's really impressive to play a game where you kind of come away saying the two main pillars of gameplay being combat and traversal, saying like you're kind of bored of both of them. But you come away like admiring the hell out of the game and being really excited for the next one. Yeah. Because it has so much more to offer than just being like the best playing game in the world. I think maybe because AAA has become so frequently devoid of creativity or soul. When playing a game where you can tell that people are having fun with their world and being like adventurous and interesting, it's just like, yeah, a AAA game with ideas and 
people behind it that want to make the game <laughs> right you know that that is i think yeah even the even better starfield spider-man comparison is that yeah starfield just feels like no one an had obligation any fun making it yeah and like they had a gun held to their head to make starfield mm. and yeah spider-man is a game and there were a few games this year where you're like these guys had fun making this game and you can feel it in the game yeah, you can. And that's rarer nowadays from the big, you know, blockbuster experiences. And it is, it's very refreshing. It in is. something like Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's a perfect, like, that's where you would want it the most, honestly. Because Spider-Man is an inherently fun character. You want it to feel like the game is fun and that the people had fun making it. And yeah. it feels that way all the way through. Uh, it makes me, it makes me happy, dude. Even though, yeah. you know, Spider-Man 2 is not going to be my game of the year. Uh, we talked about it in the podcast. I'm a huge Insomniac fan because of Ratchet and Clank. And maybe a little bit of me was a bit cynical. Like, oh, my beloved Insomniac have gone down the Marvel well and they're just making this franchise for the normies. Um, yeah. And to play this game and be like, ah, no. Everyone gets to, you know, all the people in the world, all the normies, this game selling 10 million copies or whatever, everyone's seeing what they can do now. And that is absolutely a good thing by me, even if I would rather have Ratchet and Clank over Spider-Man. Uh, as, as an old school Insomniac fan, this game made me happy outside of the game itself. Uh, and I'm really excited for Spider-Man 2. And I didn't give a shit about Spider-Man. No, I'm really excited for Spider-Man 3. And I went in not giving a shit about Spider-Man 2. So that's pretty impressive. That makes me happy to hear you still be happy with the AAA video game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice, dude. You know, if Somniac was is. like a double A small team making this weird little franchise in the PS2, which I loved. Yeah, uh, and in like my childhood. all these sort of side projects that more or less failed, like and, with yeah. Sunset Overdrive and Resistance. And, they, yeah, they might be number one now in like the AAA world. I, it's the, it, their ascension has been remarkable. Outside yeah. of like, I don't know, like. Call of Duty, you know, the big AAA shooters. Yeah. When it comes to people making single-player IPs, I, I don't know. They're also, like, keeping Marvel relevant, I feel like, you know? Yeah. Like, the entire film and television department is just in shambles and no one gives a fuck anymore. Whereas the video games, everyone is still super excited by them. And I think it's a good reminder that, you know, uh, after 15 years of Marvel just beating us over the head it, it's a nice to be rem to rem remember that uh comic book stuff is still fun when it's good it's good you know and yeah. it there's a lot of room for it to be good outside of just like the super formulaic uh movie and tv stuff so yeah it was sort of a surprisingly like revitalizing i would say <laughs> yeah good for them man god they're good and it was also just like the perfect comfy casual uh fall game yeah. Which I always like to have at least one of a year. Yeah. All right. It's time. Uh, ranking time. Tower time. Does it, does it go above Starfield? It does go above Starfield. <laughs> it does. It makes the cut. Wow. Good job, Spider-Man. Um, my gut. Hmm. Yeah, it's above God of War for me. Yeah, I would say it's above God of War, but still below Horizon for me. That and was my initial instinct as well. Yeah. However, I just like too many things about Horizon's 
like world not even from a story perspective just like from a you know design aesthetic combat yeah all that stuff i still find more compelling like yeah. the combat is at this point like 80 percent of the appeal of horizon almost, so good which is horizon, kind of wild. Yeah. yeah and the enemy variety you know like spider-man 2 you just basically fight guys i think i am gonna agree and not fight that um horizon for me was only disappointing because of the story and i've yeah. kind of said the spider-man 2 story is like a bunch of bullshit at times but in a way which i enjoyed um and yeah like i said the combat and movement of spider-man is aged a little bit for me even though insomniac did their best to kind of freshen it up and god of war ragnarok i really enjoyed the combat but the story for me was just ugh, god i think I... the highs of god of war ragnarok are still higher than even like spider-man or horizon like the the big boss fights you know in ragnarok and stuff like that like there's a really crazy shit in spider-man though yeah yeah but like you know there wasn't anything that was just like holy fuck that was an amazing fight at, that i felt after playing spider-man 2 the way that i did something in ragnarok like when you fight the you know uh nidhogg or, yeah. or the weird like crystal snake thing in the desert stuff like that like the big fights in ragnarok are super awesome but um Mar uh, Spider-Man is just more consistent. Yeah, I agree. I like, agree. If God of War sort of ping-pongs between being like two stars and five stars, Spider-Man is just like a consistent four all the way, you know, at, with like a few little dips up and down. But when you average it out, you're like, this is just a super solid game all the way through. Uh, yeah. that, or at least how I felt about it. Yeah, so. I mean, this is just a Sony first-party chunk anyway, so just chuck it, it in there. It truly is, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to see the, the grouping pattern here. Oh, yeah, look, it's the three combat systems we mentioned. Yeah, and I mean, it's Horizon, Spider-Man, God of War, and then, you know, Final Fantasy sixteen is not made by Sony, but it is very much a Sony game. Mm -hmm, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see them all ending up side by side by side like that it um, is yeah you know they're, they're all faring well they're never number one but they're not at the bottom and yeah there's i mean the sony formula can still be can still be good i would say that was a that was maybe the most reassuring thing about spider-man 2 is like oh okay maybe maybe it's not as grim as i was thinking yeah because yeah because the last so Horizon and God of War chats definitely had some doom and gloom from us, for sure. Yeah, but... <laughs> Rightly so. I mean, like, now the uh, the dust has settled. When you look at, like, Horizon, God of War, and Spider-Man 2 as, like, a chunk, I feel like yeah. just Sony really know what they're doing when it comes to oh, yeah. their IPs and keeping everything going and fresh and relevant. And they're undeniably, all three are undeniably good games. Good games, yeah. Uh, that, are, that are doing a lot of things exceptionally well mm -hmm. and better than most other games. Um, it's just they're a little predictable, but, you know, hey, predictable, but quality is still something I'm down for. So Yeah. Yeah. They're all kind of a mess in their own ways in certain areas. Yeah, but Spider-Man 2 makes the mess fun. It does, yeah. <laughs> the, the mess is the appeal. It's true, and it's, it's a true. Co it's a coherent mess, as opposed to some other stuff, yeah. Agreed, yeah. I wonder if they just had that on their bulletin board when planning the game. They were just like, fun mess. let's make this game a fun mess, because that's just, yeah. Spider I should rewatch Spider-Man 3 as well. Yeah, me too. Good movie. Um, I think that's... I don't know when we'll be back for another Tower episode. No, I don't either. We will be 
we will be back, of course, in due time. But uh, I yeah, know, it'll probably like, the be a little while. schedule for twenty twenty four. In a, yeah, like, it's, games it's, that I care about as well. Yeah, there's really not much scheduled right now, which is odd. Hmm. Like there's um uh f- I think. F- February is the only thing... Like, there's the Suicide Squad game, which I have no interest in. I'm not in. playing that game. <laughs> I'm not playing that. Helldivers 2, which I am curious about, because I love that first game. But it's not really a big AAA pillar game. Uh, I don't know um, what it is. And then it's it's really just like Final Fantasy 7 Part 2, and then there's nothing scheduled for the entire rest of the year. Sure. And that's out in uh end of February. So I don't know. Yeah, what I has, like, no an idea. innocuous, like, vague 2024 release date? I think Stalker 2. Um, that's kind of interesting, I guess. Uh, avowed i don't know i'm just scrolling Ugh. through this list here I like there's really it's odd where did it's the games odd. go they all came out this year no, and then they, they were like out. all right yeah so i don't i don't know i don't know i'm not sure when we'll have another tower episode maybe we'll do like a if a lot of time if like three months have passed and we haven't really done one maybe we'll do like a patreon special or something yeah, we can always just break the rules and bring in some indie stuff as well. A good, high-quality yeah. double-A indie stuff. We can do whatever we want we with the tower. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Back up. The next long talkie video will be the best of 2023 at some point in the new year. Or yeah. this year, because I don't know when this is going up. Probably in 2024. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But apart from that, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of The Tower. Like Jameson just said, our next long mega talk will be our top 10 of 2024, uh, which will be interesting because not <laughs> to spoil stuff, a lot of AAA stuff hasn't resonated with me this year. So, I look forward to hearing your list. Yeah, it's going to be very different from everyone else's game of the year list, I would imagine. <laughs> Can Joe come up with 10 games? <laughs> I actually had a look the other day and it's going to be a stretch. I did not yeah, make it that's... to 10 games. That feels like me the last couple of years, uh, but I haven't had that problem for 2023. Happy to report. <clears throat> so. Yeah. What do you do if but you yeah, don't play Baldur's Gate 3? What do you put at the top? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Apart from that, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with another mega long chat soon, in quotation Eventually. marks. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later.